In 2015, I welcomed you all to my comic shop history to bid farewell to alternate realities. Together, we went on a journey that has lasted five seasons. That journey has taken us across the county and the country as we've explored shops, conventions, and collecting. But as a great man once said, part of the journey is the end. Behold the conclusion to our two-part finale event entitled My Comic Shop Future as the alternate reality saga draws to a close. Everything comes full circle with this final piece of My Comic Shop history. Welcome to the finale of My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato, and for this momentous occasion, I am joined by three alternate realities legends, Bill Mayo. Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Anthony. Rich Roney. I'm thrilled to be here. And the once and future SCO himself, Stephen K. Odo. I can't believe we're still doing these. (laughs) That's the spirit. (laughs) So let's take care of some quick business right up front, okay? Bill, mm. still sad the store's closed? I'm devastated. Boom. Rich, friendship, oh. no, Rich, friendship and fun? Yes. Boom. Odo, still happy you closed the store? Happier than I've ever been. Boom. Done. All right. Now we move forward. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this episode is called My Comic Shop Future. We will be looking back one more time, of course, but... I figure we could get that all out right at the front. Sound good? I appreciate Sounds it. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Sko, you're back. You were here for the season premiere of, uh, of this cycle of my comic shop history, and you're back again. You know, uh, my memory is so bad now, I don't remember doing the premiere. <laughs> so, Wonderful. Okay. This is all new to me. This is feels great. Feels like uh, last week, though, right? <laughs> yeah, it feels that way. This time I brought reinforcements. Okay. Well, it was quite the performance you gave in, uh, in episode 5.1. What did I say? Well, we talked about Heroes World. I oh, learned yeah. that you were an employee of a Heroes World. I never knew that. Oh, just a part-time, a couple of... It's oh, kind of in, in fact, in fact, um, was it, I think, uh, Sean Hendricks from Fat, uh, Moose, Fat Moose. He, uh, I guess, clipped a couple of quotes from that on his uh, Facebook page about how, uh, I guess, you were a little disappointed that I didn't have more enthusiasm. Well, not that I... W- well, I want to... I will address that. So, basically, I know, Bill and Rich, you, don't, you haven't had a chance to listen to the episode yet, but this is basically how it went. Steve, what, wasn't it something when Heroes World opened at a time when there weren't comic shops in Westchester? Not really. Like, I've, I've been to a lot of comic shops in my life. All right. <laughs> Steve, man, I was devastated when Heroes World closed. I've seen businesses come and go my whole life. I said, Steve, was there anyone at Heroes World, anyone who was to you what you were to us at Alternate Realities? He goes... Nah, not really. That was basically <laughs> that was the whole episode. <laughs> Way to kick off the season. <laughs> you know, but the difference is that, uh, I guess, when Heroes World opened, how old were you? You were still like early well, when teens, it, when right? When it opened, I wasn't born, but I went there when uh, I was five. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember that when I was at Heroes World, I was in my late 20s, mid-late 20s. So I'd been going to uh, the, you know, Manhattan, to all the different comic shops. I traveled around the country and every every city I went to I went to every comic store that the city had to offer yeah um, you know I'd already been to law school and I had a regular comic store that I'd been going to for three years straight every week um, you know I, 
you went at the, the beginning. Rich, Rich, and I went, Rich and I went to comic conventions yeah. uh, during the summers all, all the time. But so here's the thing. So I say, I, I give that whole preface, but then I say this. You know, when I put up these episodes, people like the posts and stuff, but it's not all the time that people will actually give me feedback on the episode. And I got to tell you, Within hours of me posting this, I had all these people, great episode. I love the episode. So it worked out great. But again, you know, again, I was, I was old enough that it, it, I didn't have anybody that I would look to and say, oh, this, this is a great influence for my life. I had already pretty much gotten to my rut, you know, hate everything. And yes. uh, you know, it's, so there was no, you know, I, I, Richard Rich wants to say something. <laughs> what I take from this is uh, your viewers loved Steve's nihilistic defeatist attitude his very matter of fact approach steve is very much just the facts yeah the bottle's half empty (laughs) so but i thank you for coming back i thank you for all of your appearances on the show i'm so glad that we have i mean this is this is quite the lineup here at this table and we've never all been together so this is this is really something so i said that this was the finale right i didn't say series finale but i didn't say season finale either so this is very much I've been approaching this season and this episode as the culmination of the alternate realities saga. This is the end of the story that I've been telling this era of the podcast. And recently, I, I've really been thinking a lot about the importance of endings, how, how much it matters to bring what you're doing to a close so that you can move on to the next chapter in, in life and in your creative projects, whatever it might be. I don't know if anyone ever read Alias, the Benda series from Marvel. No. It ran 28 issues. So at the end of the 28th issue in the letters page, uh, Bendis wrote a note to the fans and he said, we'll we'll take him at his word that this was genuine. He was like, this wasn't planned to be the final issue, but I wrote it and I stopped and I said, I think I just wrote the end to the series. Mm -hmm. And of course the series would be relaunched and the character would live on, but that was the end of that specific series. And that was kind of the feeling I had when I started mapping out this season. You know, we started the podcast with alternate realities. We went on this epic journey to all of these shops and conventions, talked about collecting. And then I was, as I was mapping out this season about the comic shops of my youth, the Westchester comic shop scene that was, including alternate realities, I had that same moment where I was like, I, this is it, I think. We're bringing everything full circle, and this is a perfect place to just sort of not stop forever, but, but take a nice break. So to those of you who have been listening, I can't thank you enough. However and wherever you're subscribed to this podcast, keep that subscription going. We will return one day. I don't know exactly what form, what format, what focus. I don't know what shape the podcast will take in the future. But this is not goodbye forever. But this is the end of the alternate reality saga, just like Avengers Endgame wrapped up the Infinity War saga. So we'll have to see what becomes of Odo. Will he meet his end like Tony Stark, or will he live a happy life like life like Steve Rogers? We don't know. I didn't see Endgame. <laughs> what a spoiler! <laughs> <laughs> Had you avoided spoilers until this point? <laughs> no, no. I'll see it at some point. But you I, did I did no, I tell you, you something that you didn't, didn't know? Learn anything? No. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll have to see what uh, what becomes of, of, of all of us. Yeah. So so that's where we are with this episode. So, and I just want to say, you know, while while we're uh, giving, you know, or expressing gratitude, obviously I thank all of you, everyone who has been on this show. Uh, we've really had some terrific guests over the years, and it's been great. Uh, whether they're people I know very well, and we can have a really fun conversation, or someone who I'm getting to know through the episodes, it's it's really been fantastic. Everyone who has listened to the show. I appreciate it more than you can know. Uh, our patrons, you know, it's really funny. I did an episode with one of by cards, two of by comics, 
and I spoke to Mark and Donna Rubin. Mm-hmm. And when I was done uh, doing the after show with Donna, and as I was packing up, she was like, if you don't mind me asking, like, do, do you make money doing this? And I said, well, you know what? I'm actually at the point now where thanks to Patreon, this doesn't cost me money to do. And that's a big difference, mm-hmm. you know? So to everyone who signed up uh, and has been pledging to the Patreon page, it's made a difference in my life. So I really appreciate that very much. And on, on the note of Patreon, not to sound like sour grapes, because I know there are a lot of reasons why someone might not sign up. I know all the reasons, so that's, that's perfectly fine. But I love when I post the Patreon-exclusive episodes on social media, and people like them, and they're people who I know listen to the show regularly, like all the time, but they're not Patreon members, mm-hmm. but they always like it. And it makes me laugh, because it's like, they li- I think they like knowing that it's out there. They don't want it enough that they would sign up. <laughs> But they like knowing it's there. It gives them comfort, I think, to it's know like that it's Steve's out there. It's a collection of toys in his house. He just likes to he know likes he has it. He likes to know he has it. You always oh, like that. a collection of everything. Yeah, you, yeah, you I, always I, that. I take comfort in knowing that I own one. I just don't know where it is. Exactly. But I know it's there. Yes. So to everyone who has signed up, and even those who didn't, <laughs> I thank you all. And uh, I want to also give a shout out to uh, Dan Pritchard, my Australian guardian angel. He's done... Uh, theme music mm-hmm. uh, every year for us from season two on uh, always comes up with something awesome uh, and on the note of music Ralph Puma I used his his tunes in season one uh, in the uh, documentary special that came out bef- prior to this season and in this finale episode so Ralph's music uh, his band Rosewood Rebels uh, you heard them at the beginning and you'll hear them at the end uh, of this episode and of course my ever patient wife uh, for hearing <laughs> a lot about these podcasts and listening to these podcasts while we record and while I edit so uh, to, to everyone who's been part of this journey, I thank you all very, very much. Yeah, but hey, we got to give kudos to you. Oh, I mean, yeah. you, Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, in, in all I'll seriousness, you, yeah. your passion and your enthusiasm and your energy, you get things together and you, you kind of galvanize people to get interested and you come up with subjects and content and, and people to interview. So uh, your energy and passion, I think, has helped carry this a lot. Oh. I Absolutely. appreciate that. And to go a step further, <clears throat> for season one, for me living in New Mexico, um, it was exactly what I needed. As the store was closing and, you know, the months leading up to it, it was it was like my news source, really, is to listen to the podcast every week to find out what's happening, what's the news. Oh, that's and very so I, kind I of I appreciated you that. I, I appreciate that. See, this is why I'm glad you guys are here. Odo would just stare at me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can See, I just say, uh, yes. to Rich, do you know what Patreon is? Was this one of the secret questions? (laughs) I'm just curious. No. Okay. And uh, same with me. No. You know, it's like uh, I think I think Anne. She Anne. Yeah, yeah. Anne's a member. But I have no idea how to do it. Well, it's all right. I mean, you guys can you guys can share the content. I think that's that's allowed. Uh, But as far as the future of the podcast, Sco, you've you've had an idea for me. Every time I see you, you tell me what I should do. For the future yeah and it's like everything else everybody just ignores what i say so it doesn't really no that's not true <laughs> i haven't done it but i haven't no. ignored it actually no. it's not just you he tells everyone what to do <laughs> Steve, i, I make it sound like it's your idea though right? i'm not that good at that <laughs> <laughs> believe me steve we know when it's your idea believe there's no doubt but i don't know if you guys are familiar with the graham norton show yeah of British, i like that British guy are we going to sing like the west the uh, sorry the fresh prince of bel-air song it, hey man, anything goes in the finale. I don't have to worry about people he's, coming back after this. He's had one, Will so Smith on like three times, and he's had him do it like every time. Uh, no, so I don't know if you're probably not familiar, Rich, but this British talk show, um, and the host typically has 
three guests on a couch, right? And it's a, mm-hmm. three to, a fun, three lively to four time. Guests. Yeah. yeah, and they all come out at the same time as opposed to American talk shows, where it's introduction to the guest, a little talk, and then they shift over and the new guest comes out. And I always thought it was such a great idea that we did that for, for the comic shop stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, as opposed to one-on-one conversations. Where, like, we, we, if we were sitting on the couch and there was a camera on us, I guess I have to have a camera operator, but, you know, panning back and forth. To, because then we tell stories and laugh and all this kind of stuff. And I would think right. that's so actually, I, always, I thought it would be interesting because then the audience feels like they're the, the participant right. sitting mm-hmm. at the couch with us and watching as opposed to listening, you know, sitting there and just listening to a conversation. Absent the camera, aren't we doing that exact mm-hmm. thing right now? Yeah, but I think, I think visual is important. It's like comic books. You know, you can read a great book, prose, but with comics, it's, it's, a, visual, it's a visual medium. So uh, it could be the greatest story ever, but if the art's terrible, you're not, you're not uh, concentrating on it, right? You don't know. You're, you're right, Steve. <laughs> Have you been con- Excuse me. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you thought of that idea, Rich. <laughs> that Are you convinced yet that this is your idea, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Like, in all seriousness, you're not ignored. I mean, your, your point is well taken. And I just planted the idea. You're, you're going to take the ball and run with it. Well, so, because you're not the first to suggest video, right? Like, Chris Wilcock, who's been on the show a bunch of times. Yeah. Like, he's always like, you got to put this on YouTube. The thing is, I'm not, I don't... I'm not opposed to the idea, but it adds a whole other element of production and post-production. I'm sure. And so there's that aspect of it. And then I love what we're doing here and adding a camera, aside from the production component, changes the vibe a little bit. And I like the intimacy of the audio only recording. So it's not something where like, oh, I refuse to do it, but it's something I need to kind of figure out what would make the most sense. As far as having like three to four guests at a time... It's been very hard just to schedule these eight episodes, and most of the episodes are one-on-one. So there's a whole logistical piece of this that gets very, very challenging. But, uh, you know, I I don't think people should be shocked if they see video podcasts from me at some point in the future uh, in some way, shape, or form. Because I do think there's there's opportunity there. So we'll see. Look forward to that. Inception complete. What do you, Bill, Bill, what do you think I should do? I mean, I think that's a great idea, but I understand it. The amount of work that that would take. I mean, just editing the documentary films took you a tremendous amount of time. And so we if can you never epi- quantify how much time I can't imagine. Anthony. <laughs> so if each episode has two hours of, of audio and then the video that you have to trim down, I can't imagine that's easy. Well, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm just saying that this is a, a different, oh, but maybe the, the next step. No, I think it'd be great. You know, and, and, uh, uh, it, well, I mean, you've been doing this now for like five seasons of podcasts. Yeah. So I think that this is becomes the next thing. I mean, you, you don't put out... So how does that work? Is it a podcast and then there's a video component or it's just the video component? There's no podcast anymore. Well, there are a lot of different ways to do it. I mean, I would probably want to cover as many bases as possible. So if I did that, I would film... Well, there are different ways. Like I could film just a piece of the episode mm-hmm. and ha- and put that on YouTube as just an excerpt. And then it could be if you want to listen to the entire episode, go to iTunes or something like that. Or right. I could film the entire thing. You know, it, it really depends. I think I would, either way, I would still continue to post the audio of the episodes as I have been, just so that that's still still there as well. But we'll see. Rich, do you, do you have any ideas? Not even on the video front, but as far as like, what, what else could I talk about in the future? Boy, your interests are so broad. And one thing I've always admired, you delve into it. You just don't take it at face value. I think your idea about combining the two and maybe filming a portion of it and then having the whole thing on audio is great. But to your point, though, the whole logistics, 
bringing a camera in the logistical aspects, I think adds a whole nother dimension and that would be very time consuming. So I don't know if you want to go there. Yes. What about the idea of using a short two minute, five minute video clip, put that in the world, put that out in YouTube for the world to see. And that's almost like a advertisement to say, come join Patreon or whatever else to sign up for. Did you talk about this while I was on the I phone? I literally just said oh. this while you were checking your phone. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Like, sorry, great, sorry. Great message, message came in kind of important. Okay. But I, I'll say this. I appreciate the suggestions. As far as what the subject matter would be and the format, I don't know yet. And I don't think I should know at this point. I don't think this is something that I really can decide right now or that I mm-hmm. should. I think once I've had some time away from this, I think it'll become clear what I want to talk about and what interests me. So we'll, we'll revisit this in the future, but you think you're done with comics though for a while with your podcast and your other materials I, for the, for the immediate future. Right. I think so. So, but we're still here. We still have a lot of episode to go, a lot of finale to go. And we got some good stuff coming up here since it's the finale. I feel like it's time for some secrets to be revealed for amongst us maybe. And certainly for our, for our listeners. So Steve, Stephen K. Odo, we call you SCO, your initials S-K-O. Nobody knows what that K stands for. It's very mysterious. For years, people have been writing to me. They're like, what is this? What is this? And I'm like, you got to wait for the finale. We can't, we can't reveal it until the end. People don't need to know. <laughs> but people need to know. So now, let's not say it yet, but Bill, you, you know? I know. You know. Rich, do you, you know? Yes, I know. I, I mean, you've known Steve for a long time, so I, I'm not surprised. I found out a good a good few years ago, but I've kept it under my hat because I you know I want to respect your privacy. But it's the finale, so we're gonna we're gonna let it out now. You're building it up to like something so fantastic. The secret of the universe is in that initial K. It's not. It's a man. It's a name. What, what, if, it's, what if that's the secret to all your powers? No, it's not. It's not no. Stephen Kryptonite. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, and then you're going to tell me that Correct I pronounced the pronunciation. it wrong. <laughs> Because it was basically like a who's on first routine the first time that Steve told me his middle name and I repeated it the way I thought it was supposed to be pronounced and he corrected me. We went back and forth. I thought I was saying exactly the same thing he was, but I wasn't. Keiichi. Say it again. Keiichi. Mm, close. So how, how, what's the correct? Keiichi? Keiichi. 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 K, K is... Uh, I dragged it out too long. Well, it's K-E-I-I-C-H-I. Just like it sounds. <laughs> K, the K, the, the, uh, the kanji, the Japanese character for, for K is from the word sonke, which is respect. Um, ichi is the number one. So I was the first son, first born. So it's Keiichi. But you just kind of stretch it out. Keiichi. Keiichi. Because when you told me, I said Keiichi. And you, you corrected so, yeah, me. Yeah, you know what yes. For some reason, Americans like to... Uh, I'm doing this with my fingers, but uh, how, how, what's the... The intonation yeah, is, yeah. is from low to high to low in Japanese words, when it should be straight, straight, straight and down. So it's keiichi. 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 Yeah. Oh. There you, know, you go, folks. There's a secret of the universe, everybody. Don't abuse it. <laughs> <laughs> They've also been wondering what your social security number is. <laughs> so, that, so that gave us scope. And the, the, once and the pass code to your bank accounts. <laughs> All right, Rich, you're up next. Bill, you and I have observed something okay. over the years that whenever we have a phone conversation with Rich, mm-hmm. we treasure these phone conversations. I love them. You are the only, Rich, you are the only person I talk to on the phone. Rich calls me every Sunday. 
Wow, that frequent. I don't get them that frequent. <laughs> Used to every Sunday. You're, you're more generous. I, yeah. Every, he, has a, he has a schedule, and, and then he has to cut you off yeah, because, because he's got to call the next guy. Sometimes I miss the call, and I call back. He's like, I, I have oh, to yeah. call you. No, yeah. Because he's already on to the next guy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what Bill and I have, what you and I have observed over the years is yep. that whenever we speak to Rich, he always has a built-in out. The out is always, I have to go get some food, grocery shopping, Chinese food. Or if he's at work. What's, I, I got to jump. A conference, a conference, a conference call. call. Right. You have more conference calls <laughs> than any. So we need to we need to address this once and for all. I mean, are these are these are you just being polite because you don't want us to feel bad that you have to get off the phone, or do you truly have these things to do? You eat a lot of Chinese food. Yeah. How much Chinese food do you eat? <laughs> I, I kind of remember Hartsdale Gardens. You didn't eat much Chinese food. It's <laughs> <laughs> a finale, Rich. You could tell us. No. Uh, I would say 75% of the time, <laughs> it's truthful. I That's it. This, I think we've peaked. That's yeah. it. You want to hear something funny, though? I want to come back to this. Please. But, Please. So I, I, work, I work in law school admissions, and as I've said on the show over the years, it's, it's shocking and disappointing to me how similar it is to working retail in terms of the dumb questions that you get and all of that. I was on the phone with a prospective student just the other day, and she had me for a while. Like you needed an exit. She, she kept going, and it got to the point where I was answering her questions, but she, you know th- there was this long stretch where she was just like reading me the list of courses that we offer. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I'm like, what? Like, I, I don't know. know what I can do for you. And I said, I said, hey, I said, well, I didn't say hey, but I said, I, I really, I hate to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I hate to do this. I have a conference call in two minutes. Is there anything specific <laughs> that I can answer? <laughs> And I got to tell you, Rich, I'm going to do that all the time now. It's because you know what? It, you can't argue with it. It's a conference call. And it's if happening. you're hungry, you're hungry. I got, all right. You got to go. So you say about 75%? 75% of the time, it's truthful. Now, I, I've spent the whole afternoon on calls. <laughs> yeah, you got to go. <laughs> now I got to get some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on. Um, on you here, I have another question, but also something to offer. So, you guys all were extremely generous in your support of the My Comic Shop Country Kickstarter campaign, financially and in terms of emotional support. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. So today you'll be getting your final reward. Makes it sound like we're all dying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> What's your last meal? <laughs> hey, where are we going for lunch after? We should have done lunch first. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! Yeah, it was his idea. <laughs> I'm glad we did this. It's better to do the episode for. I wouldn't be able to enjoy the lunch. Uh-huh. All right. So you guys are getting your My Comic Shop Country Blu-ray today. That looks incredible. They came at the homemade. Really? Homemade. Where'd you print that out? At work. <laughs> <laughs> right before my conference call. Anyway. <laughs> so you guys, you're all getting Blu-rays now. Here's where it gets a little dicey. Sure. Rich Roney. We've discussed this on the show before. I'm work. I'm wearing my Mark Wade uh, stocking clothes today. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are so quick back back backstory. Mark Wade is in the documentary. You've met Mark Wade, comic book creator, at numerous comic conventions, almost always wearing the same uniform, essentially. So anyway, we've we've established this before on the show. Years ago, you inherited a flat screen television from your mother, and a number of us at alternate realities years ago now. Pooled together. This is when Blu-ray players were expensive. We pooled together and we got you a Blu-ray player for either your birthday we, or Christmas. Are we going to talk about whole eras of technology <clears throat> that I've missed? <clears throat> no, not exactly. Because <clears throat> here's my dilemma. 
And this is, Bill, you're going to help me with this. Okay. So I have a Blu-ray for Wait, you. this Sunday's call. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're going to really package this. <laughs> so I have a Blu-ray for you, Rich, right? But because you're one of my best friends. Oh, you went deep on the DVD. I, you got to talk into the mic. You went deep <laughs> on the DVD. I also made you a DVD. I, I made one DVD you, for you. you. Were, but oh. now, don't, get, don't thank me yet, because here's my dilemma. Do I not give him the DVD and thus force him to finally plug in his television and connect the Blu-ray player? What do I do? I'm, I, just, I'm tr- I don't know what to do. I think you should give Rich the DVD. You think I should give Rich yeah. the DVD? What yeah, do he's, you think? he's never going to take the Blu-ray out of the box. But Mark Wade is in this movie. <laughs> he's, he's never, I mean, Rich is also he's in never the movie. Go- he's never going to. Don't you have a Betamax at home that's still in the box, Steve? Well, no, it's not in the box. But I, I kept it in case it comes back. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have a lot of I have a lot of uh, Japanese stuff on beta. That's why I have to keep the beta mix. But Rich, let me ask: if if I only gave you the Blu-ray, would it just never get watched? Oh, it would be watched. Where? Maybe not in the near future. <laughs> but you think eventually oh, you, yeah. you would plug probably, it in? Probably by the time I'm eighty. Yeah. Don't don't trust them. I mean. <laughs> Don't believe it. I'll it's give you the happen. DVD. Yeah, it's never gonna. It's never going to happen. It's like Rich going to the doctor for a checkup. So you it's never going to happen. You have the DVD player hooked up. Yes. Yes. You could just take it out yes. and plug in right where it. That would require effort. But it the, wouldn't take much. His DVD player is connected to the Rabbit Ears television that he got from the car rental company in the early nineties. I don't he, think. I don't you know can't, the story. His memory is spot on. I don't know the story. So, he, do, he doesn't have cable or, or internet at home. The only reason he's watching all these black and white westerns from the 50s is because it's the only channel he gets with the rabbit ears. So, Bill, this next secret is for you to share. It pertains to Rich, but I want, I want you to lay this out. Do you remember? We, ha- we didn't talk about this ahead of time. Okay. But do you remember a, a plot that we hatched with Drew Cheskin a year or two ago? I do. We didn't fulfill I do. it. I and know this exactly since we where you're going. didn't do it, and I don't see it happening in the near future, and it's the finale, I think we got to say. It. This would have been the greatest thing ever. <laughs> we were going to call you up, Rich. Let's meet you at a comic book shop in New Jersey, right? And then you'll be in my driveway. We were all going to go take a photo outside your house. Which, no, by the way, no one has ever seen Nobody's Rich's ever place. Been. Right. We were all joking, like, hey, your wife is going to come out. <laughs> it's like, who are you people? <laughs> So, so to preface it, we know nothing really about your personal life. You're this most mysterious man alive. Yeah. Rich, my husband's named Frank. <laughs> You're like three kids. <laughs> Matt, life. What are you talking about? Oh man, that was that yeah. was yeah. That cracked me up the first time when we thought about it. And we were just, I think, for Christmas, we were going. We were going to give, give you... it to you. The present was the picture of all of us, and we're standing in front of your house. We, I think we legitimately, though, had a question of, like, how would he take this? Right. We didn't know if you would just explode. Because <laughs> part of me feels like he would just, like, turn around and walk away. Like, we'd never see you again. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I'd have to think that through. <laughs> 75% would just walk away. So, while we're talking, while Sco is checking his phone, it's all right. It's all right. So, Steve, uh, so, Rich, this is a question for you. You've been friends with Odo for over 40 years you met in high school we've told this story before but this is the first time you've been on the podcast together close to close to 50 years close to 48 years years. 48 years well our 45th reunion is october right you're still trying to hook but that's when you graduated 
Yeah, so... He had three years to say, Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, you, you know, my math isn't so good anymore. What yeah, is it? We, we were talking this past Sunday, before I called Bill. Steve and I were... Dates, dates. Remember, we can't talk about dates. I'm not given the exact... <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> that's okay. I, all I want to say is someone has a tremendously unique uh, sense of how many days are in a week. I, I, made, a, I, I made a little mistake. All right. Okay. <laughs> but so you guys met in high school. We've told this story before. Oh, no. This is part the of... cigarette story. This yeah. is AR legend. I, but Do you I guys want to tell it or should we act it it's, out? It's not a, it's not a, but that, that story's been told. It's not a secret, yeah, is it? No, I'm getting People, to this. I'm getting... No, okay. I wanna, what I want to ask Rich is what is the secret to maintaining a friendship with Steve Odo for close to 50 years? You're the only one who's done it. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> No, the only one. I I still I was, I'm in touch with a lot of people from high school. It's true. Rich is the only one who like denies even going to our high school. Steve has a very active social life on Facebook. <laughs> That's true. But you know, it's not the same level of the only one as we you have well, with Rich, right? Uh, Rich yeah. is your best friend. Yeah, yeah. But but by I me, mean, it's it's not like I, I've I've cut out everybody that I knew 45, 50 years ago. That's true. All right, you fair know, enough. I, I right. think Rich is... Who, who, with the exception uh, so, of you, I have. Yeah, you have. I mean, your, your brothers are lucky to still stay in touch with you. <laughs> but Rich, what is the secret? I mean, so you're not the only one who has this lengthy friendship with him, but amongst our group you are. What is the secret to maintaining that? Not smoking. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story, right? That's what you want to 19, work on with? 1970s, White Plains High School. <laughs> yes, right. Bill, you're, you're Steve Odo. Okay. You play violin. You're on yearbook. You're super studious, right? That's right. I'm, I, I, I come up to you in science class, right? I extend my hand in friendship. I say, hey, I am Rich Roney. I just moved here from Chicago. I don't have any friends. It's really nice to meet you. Do you smoke? And that no, was that's not, I, said, I said, you don't smoke, do you? And he was, oh, no. And that was, that's the, that's the, uh, what is one of those right. points in, in, in linear time, right? The, right, but Steve, the, he does smoke, right? Oh, he learned to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was too late by then. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, one of him. their classmates showed him the ropes, taught him how to smoke and drink. It was like oh, a whole thing. Really? Yeah. I'd love a lo lucky strike right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The running joke has been that you, I know. you I wish you said, you you said yeah. <laughs> but think about how different no, things would I have been. I should have said, no, only unfiltered. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was going to say, mm, got a light. No, but mm. my, the thoughts cascading through my mind right then were, how desperate am I for a friend? <laughs> I just think this poor guy. I, I should have spoke to the guy on my left. <laughs> this poor kid just moved here from out of yeah. town. Didn't know anybody. Was just trying to reach out. This is when you moved from Chicago. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was an awkward summer because we moved during the summer, so I was anxious about starting high school. And fortunately, the hand of friendship was Steve that mm -hmm. reached out to me. But there was a litmus test. You know. Fortunately, I, I answered correctly, and and that's why all of us are here today. Is a great turning point in history. Yes. Yeah. I know. Imagine if you had looked to your left instead of to your right. That in that Imagine moment. Imagine if, if I had a different class, we might not be here. Yeah. It's amazing how things work out. So, thank you for indulging me as we've as we've uh, shared some of these secrets. And, and kudos to you guys. You got it yeah. beat for beat correctly. <laughs> well, we, we've we've heard it a lot. We love it. <laughs> yeah. 
But Steve and I haven't said it. <laughs> I also put the call out I, for audience questions. I said, "Was there anything? What do you want to know about this podcast that yeah. you don't know that you, you we can address in the finale?" You only got a couple bites, but they're good ones. So, one of our listeners asked if anyone ever refused to be a guest on the podcast, hmm. and one, as far as I can remember, and someone you you guys know, Dan Gallo. Really? Yeah, art no dealer. Hmm. I reached out to him about, no, no, I'm not putting him on blast. Nobody has to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's quite all right. He was nice about it. But I reached out to him to be in the convention season because he's, you know, this big time art dealer. He's at all these conventions. He has his table at New York Comic Con. So I reached out to him and he first he was like, oh, like, can I think about it? And I was basically like, not really because I'm recording. I was like, you know, he's like, can right. I have the weekend? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And then uh, he just wrote back, and he was like, you know, thanks for thinking of me, but I'm going to pass. And you know, like, he lived down right the street, on. right? Yeah, that, that was in one of the reasons center. why yeah. I was like, this is going to be perfect. Right he here. lives right here. It's great. So he, he wasn't interested in participating. That's he was very nice guy. about it. Ben Lichtenstein from Zap, he's been on the show now five times, but he, um, he, he needed a little convincing. You know, he's very protective of, of his business and what he's built, understandably so. So, you know, we had, we had a little email back and forth where I explained a little bit more about what I was trying to get out of the episode, and we did it, and then, you know, again, he's, he's come back multiple times. But, yeah, he, he was a little reluctant at first. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you're, I know you're a big fan of Ben. I Rich. am. I am. I, I think I encouraged you to reach out to him. You did, many times. Yeah. And, and I did. Yeah, his podcast, as Steve, as you pointed out, his knowledge of the business and the fact that he constantly evolves, uh, I'm very impressed with that. He's just... Yeah, I look forward to listening to this. Yeah, yeah. he really knows the business, and uh, he's survived. And uh, other than that, there have only been instances where I haven't gotten a response, or I got a response, and we went back and forth, and then radio silence. So that happened a few times with with one cosplayer, with a couple of stores. Like when I went out to Palm Desert, there were three stores in the Palm Desert, Palm Springs area. And I reached out to all of them and two got back to me and were on the podcast. And the other one I just never heard from. So, you know, so it goes. But generally speaking, like, no, it's been great. Like people are usually like happy and excited, you know, to be on the show, which is great. So we really haven't had many instances of anyone refusing. Another listener and former guest, Lord Retail from Acme Comics, he asked about deleted footage not footage but deleted uh audio content like how much of these episodes get cut and that depends my goal is always to edit like as little as possible but i would say probably the first and third seasons had the most cut footage because the first season we were all talking about alternate reality so there was a lot of overlap Mm -hmm. and then similarly with season three of all of these retailers all talking about delinquent customers and how hard it is to order comics and, and all of that so where things started to get repetitive that's where we would cut a little bit but there's some episodes and hopefully you can't tell the difference but there's some episodes where i really don't cut at all others where it's like a targeted strike where i just know i'm going to go in and take out a little piece and other episodes where i do a full full I thought, edit i thought you had to really edit the jay Mizell one one time so much so you had to add in i brought in metalhead metalhead <laughs> <laughs> really to do the technical stuff it, no, no, he brought him to like fill in <laughs> the full hour. So oh, I re- oh. I re- then season one, I recorded like an hour and a half with Jay Mizell, former flea market vendor and our favorite curmudgeon. And he was like, I don't, I don't know. I thought he would be able to wrap his head around what we were doing because he comes from the radio era. And I was just, I was like, just like a radio show. But he couldn't really wrap his head around like, oh, it's a podcast. <laughs> And he was, he was a little difficult as a guest. Like he would not stay on the microphone and he was like holding his water over the equipment. Like, you know, 
it was a the, little the only two things i i vividly remember is <laughs> jay starts pointing at pictures yeah. And he goes, look, they can only hear us. They can't see what you're pointing at. And then like two seconds later, I go, I hear Anthony go, hey, will we not move the bottle of water over the electronics? <laughs> so what I ended up doing was I, uh, I, cut, I put together a super cut of Just me getting frustrated stuff. by him. I did that in season two with San Gregorio. We did, remember, Rich, when we did the New Frontier book club episode? Oh, yeah. And San Gregorio drove me nuts. He was like flipping through the books. He was... Picking at his shirt, he was—I don't know what he was doing. I was like, "What are you doing?" So I had have a whole uh, sequence of me. People love it when I get annoyed. Well, to, to, to your credit, you take that and you turn it into gold. You got to yeah. do something with it. <laughs> but so with that Jay episode, I, I put together the supercut and then I brought in. I hope he—I hope he didn't feel like an afterthought, but I brought in Metalhead, <laughs> and he—he uh, he rounded that out. And wasn't Doug part of Doug that was there for the Jay for the Jay piece of mm. it? Yeah, and Doug's experience in radio probably helped. I would imagine. As much as it could, I guess. <laughs> um, but as far as like deleted stuff, so, you know, with Steve, with you, I often have some, some deleted footage. Because I, I just, oh. I, I talk a lot. You, you do. So, and people don't know this, the pilot episode, the series premiere of My Comic Shop History was actually take two. So you and I recorded episode one at Alternate Realities, and it didn't work for two reasons. One, this is on me. I, I didn't have you close enough to the microphone. This was like the first time I was doing this. Mm-hmm. You were audible, but you weren't where I needed you to be. And we also ended up with like a three and a half hour <laughs> recording. And so you were very gracious though. I was like, do you mind if we redo this? Because it's the series premiere. Like we gotta, we gotta nail this. And so we, we did it again. But for that one, <laughs> I remember I brought my iPad and I put the timer on. Yeah. And whenever he was like talking for like, Two or three minutes in a row, I would like point to the iPad. I'm like, all right, you got to wrap it up. And that helped keep us on track a little bit more. I feel like there was an episode with me, too, that the audio didn't work. Yeah, there was another lost episode. Again, that was on me. That was, uh, again, very early days of the podcast and still working out the technical side of it. But yeah, there was a, you were in town. This was, because I guess you made a visit. Obviously, you came back later for the Mm. move out, but you had been there in town previously, and we tried to record something. But you know, as as you always say, Sco, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. When we sat down for that finale, the three of us, that was powerful recording. That was a great, great performance for all of us. Not even a perfect. It was so genuine. The emotion. Absolutely. How much of it do you remember, Steve? I don't remember. (laughs) You were crying. Listen, I listened to it. I listened to it multiple times. It was so touching and so heartwarming. Uh, it was just so powerfully emotional. But if we are kind of coming up on the four-year anniversary of the work effort of all you guys to, you know, I know I know we're not going to dwell on the past, so this is going to be 10 seconds, but that was a very emotional, that was a very powerful podcast. Yeah. No, on that, listen, on that note, because, you know, ahead of this, you know, Rich, you had said to me, you were like, I, I talked to Steve, and he was like, I don't know what this podcast is about. And I told him, I was like, well, I think we're just going to be reminiscing. And I said to Rich, I'm like, you know, not not really, because we've done that a lot. But I want to say two things. The first is, I think there's comfort in, you know, all of these stories that we tell and that we tell over and over. And we do this on mic and off mic. And, you know, these stories, they become routine, but there's a comfort there. And it's it's the, the AR lore. I know, I mean, I, you know what I'm talking about, Absolutely. right? And then the other thing on this, because it's not like we can't look back at all. And there's actually something that I've been thinking about. We addressed this in season one, but I want to bring it back and maybe uh, unpack it a little bit. You know, Steve, you talked about how like everyone, even prior to the store closing, even more so now, but especially, you know, leading up to that, people were moving on with their lives. And I know from my own experience, and I mentioned this in the first season, but I'll lay it out a little bit more. I was not as regular a presence at Alternate Realities in the last couple of years. 
And that was a function of a few things. My interest in comics was probably at an all-time low. This was DC, New 52 era. I wasn't there every week to get my comics. Um, on top of that, I was just starting to date Steph. I was working full-time. I moved from Hartsdale to White Plains, which was only one town over. But all of a sudden, going to the comic shop was no longer like a quick five-minute trip. It was now 15, 20 minutes. You know, so and plus the I think the vibe at the store was a little bit different in the last couple of years. It was just you and Steve Ryan. We love you both. But I think the, the atmosphere, it wasn't like that whole like crew of people necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I know for myself, like I was not in there as often. Bill, you had obviously moved away oh, to New Mexico. Rich, you know, you, you always had that distance to contend with. But there were times where you would come in every Saturday. And I think that decreased over time. Yeah, you know, right. and a lot of other people, and we've talked about this, people got married and moved and started new jobs and had kids and, and all of that. But I think, you know, so we always talk about how important it was to have that place to go. But I think there's this other element to it that's so powerful. And it was such a gift that we had that place when we didn't, when we needed it. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where maybe we didn't need it as much. And, you know, and maybe we weren't around as much at that point. Certainly I wasn't. But for that period of time when we really needed it. It was there. And not like we came from like horrible broken homes and we would have been out on the street. But, (laughs) you know, again, like I didn't have people who shared my passion, you know. And, you know, it's not like I was, you know, I had all these relationships or anything like that. It's like my main thing was like I went to the comic shop. And so what a gift. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. You provided that place for us when we needed it. And I I think that's such an important part of this. Yeah, I guess I guess from my point of view, because I was there all the time, I could see the changes already. You know, like Brian O'Day stopped smoking and suddenly started martial arts and and lost interest in comics. Um, Roby disappeared and he was there almost every day. So uh, it, it's, it was really no surprise to me that uh, the faces changed. Even like uh, people like Kara, you know, it's like uh, she used to. Well, she didn't come in a lot, but you'd see her a lot, and then all of a sudden we didn't see these people again. In fact, I think from the first documentary movie. All the people who you interviewed, well, not all of them, but a great number of the people you interviewed and said, oh, this is such an important place to me and I love this place. And then all of a sudden they disappeared. So I guess, I, Rich and I have talked about this in the past, you know, I guess because we're older and we've been through the experience of going to college with these people and you're friends with them and you go to work and you have lunch with them every day and then you leave to a different place, you never see these people anymore. And life goes on that way. That's why I, I've always maintained that, you know, when the store closed... And you guys were all sitting saying, well, we'll still get together for dinner every other week or every third week or something. Rich will come into town and we'll all get together. It came to a point where it, the, the gatherings would only happen when Rich came from Jersey. That's like an hour and a half drive. Yes. Yeah, one yeah. way, right? I mean, um, but I, it didn't surprise me that suddenly, you know, people, you know, they're getting married, they're having kids, they have their own problems to work out with work or uh, home ownership or whatever it is. And I guess, you know, Rich and I have seen this for decades, so there was no surprise to us. I think it was more of a shock for, for you young guys that, uh, that life works out this way. Actually, you, Steve, you've seen more of it than me, because you know what happened to our high school class. I don't. <laughs> they, they, the high school class still talks about Rich Roney. What, what do they say about him? The legend. Like, oh, you know, he was what a great guy. You know, lo- I'd love to see him again. You know, give regards and all that. And he's like, I, I don't even remember who these people are. <laughs> yeah, Rich has for years maintained he has no interest in going to any of these reunions. He doesn't want to be set up. You've tried to set him up, right? Oh, more times than I can count. <laughs> even in high school and now, correct? It's I'm never, never going to stop. Never, it's never stopped. <laughs> it's never stopped. You have any any prospects right now? 
She just moved to Japan. Oh, I heard about this girl. Yeah. Uh, she's very yeah. smart, very nice. What's wrong with her, Rich? I never met her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but what about like when you were in high school? Steve told me. Like, hey, <laughs> she's already gone, but she would have been perfect. <laughs> he told me like March 28th, but you know, April 30th, she's out of here. So you got a month. <laughs> <laughs> but what about when you were, were you, when you were in high school and Steve would try to set you up? Did anything ever work out? Were you open to it or was it just the idea of being set up? Or being set up by Steve, like, like what, what, what was it that was like so antithetical to you that you're like, I can't. How much time do we have today? We listen, man. We just got to get to lunch after this. But <laughs> no, Steve always tried to set me up. Um, I never really Steve is the, as the matchmaker with people he liked. <laughs> it wasn't like this. Like Didn't this is the like worst it? human being I've ever met. But perfect for Rich. Yeah, so these were people like, like you saw. Like he would in, he would interact with them yeah, in high sure. school. Yeah. Didn't you send flowers to women on his behalf? No, I didn't do it. Oh, <laughs> oh you were going to though, right? Which, I, oh, it yeah, threatened which, to do so. It threatened. That's right. Yeah. But it wasn't so much a threat as as a, a, a test to see if I could do it. Right. He was trying to put that idea in your head. <laughs> well, no, I figured if I could send the book of poetry with some nice inscription or something, or send the flowers and have his name on it, you know, that they would respond positively, and they would have. I was always so terrified when I would come home from a business trip because I didn't know what he might have done while I was away. Some woman waiting for a step in tears. Yeah. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> wedding gowns. Six, six yeah. of them sitting yeah. outside the yeah. steps in wedding gowns. <laughs> yeah. I, let's just say Steve's initiative made me a little anxious. It could be scary at times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he tried. It could, yeah. I can't fall. I am tried. but the puppet. He's the puppeteer. <laughs> I think it's a night. He cared so much. He wanted yeah. you to, you know, have that companionship. You know, it's nice. That's one way of looking at it. I think it was more <laughs> filled a void for Steve. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, no, no. I, I, I no. The, the last one, Kumi. She was great. This girl that he had a month to I, pursue. I, well, no. She, anyway, you know, it's again. We're we're not talking about like ma matching. Uh, you, we're, we're, you do know I never met her. But yeah, but she's she, probably perfect. She was willing to meet you. I have a question, but Steve. Like when you would—I mean, I, I know you said in high school they were, these were people you saw Rich interacting with, but more so now when you're like, "Oh, she'd be great for you." What like what criteria are you basing that on? Usually, intelligence and personality. You That's, know, uh, the fact that the, most of them are financially independent is also a good thing. So it's yeah. Yeah. See, he's not sending women after you; just gonna be after your money. I, right. So I'm I'm in alignment with his criteria and his the attributes. Yeah, I think I think that's all good. Yeah. Speaking of Odo as the romantic, I feel like the story got told, but again, we have you both together, and it's one of my favorites. The story about when uh, Rich, you went to visit Steve at Yale, mm -hmm. and Steve was Steve was dealing with some heartbreak. Which you one? <laughs> you just wanted to watch Kelly's Heroes. Oh, oh, that was all you wanted. <laughs> this poor guy you just wanted to watch this movie, but what happened? Uh, unfortunately, there was a girl that Steve liked. She broke up with him like 20 minutes before the movie started. I was We were down in oh, one of the basements. No time to watch a movie. And um, some of Steve's friends, uh, Dick Dick was there, a whole yeah. bunch of guys. They bought like two, pe uh, two pizzas and a case of beer. We were going to watch Kelly's Heroes. And he comes walking down, and his eyes are watering like crazy. And he goes, oh. She just broke up with me. And he decided to go into another room and he was going to, he was so angry. He thought he'd be like the Hulk. He'd bench press like 450 pounds. <laughs> we had, we had a, 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 what do you call Universal downstairs. Right. Mm -hmm. And you felt like you had so much adrenaline. I could do that. You could right. do it. I could. How close I, did you get? 
I I don't know. I came and watched him because I was terrified he'd break his neck and right. we'd find him the next morning. And it would really ruin the movie. Um, so I just sat up with him. We talked till like three or four in the morning. I bought you a copy of the movie. You did. Yes, you did. You did. <laughs> I felt he, so he, bad. He bought me a DVD. It was when Blockbuster was going out of business. <laughs> I'm not trying to take away from it. It was the thought that counts. <laughs> no, that's actually it, it was like a Hollywood video in Arizona or something. So that's they were beautiful. going out of business and said, hey, look, I think this is like one of the worst movies ever made, but let's get it for Rich. You, I mean, you might have, he might have saved your life. I mean, like how, again, like was he on the bench? Was he like literally ready to unrack? Or was it more he was just like walking toward? Like, I'm just curious how close this actually got. Can I, on a side? Yeah. When you bench, how much, how, how much can you bench? We don't, we don't reveal that. That's not one of the finale so one of the secrets. Reasons he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't want to have pictures or videos. Nobody wants, he doesn't want anybody to know how jacked he is. <laughs> These are uh, a trademark secret. Oh, okay. In the, in the two, I don't bench 300 pounds. We're in the, oh. in the 200s. Okay. I, I was only trying to bench my own weight. Could do the, it. At that time, it was what? <laughs> you were 400 pounds. Rich said you were going for 400 pounds. Was you, it? you told me you felt you had such rage and such adrenaline, uh, you could bench press like 400 and 450 pounds, and that would help like work <laughs> off your, your Let foot. me ask you a serious you know question. Were you wearing the Yale shorts at that time? I always wear, wear oh, Yale shorts. Oh, I love it. Shorts, shorts. <laughs> he wore those at the store, right? Yeah, of course he did. Those short shorts. Those are shorts. I don't know. Again, you young guys, when you wear shorts, they're actually longs because they go down to your knee, right? They go below your knee. I don't know why you can call them shorts. Shorts were like right to the hip. (laughs) You know what's amazing? This is the most animated he's getting in the whole conversation. (laughs) I still have a pair. You can't buy those anymore. (laughs) He's bought them out. It's 40 years old. You're lucky no parents ever complained. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them at the store. I know. I had. Uh, it was a little thrill for some of the mothers that were oh, coming. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we kept the store going those oh, early years. Right. Speaking of the early, I had Prem on the show earlier this season. Uh huh. And you know there were I, I had I had put put the call out on our, in our Facebook group for like stories about Prem and a oh, few people delivered. I thought of one on the way over here. Well, all right. Sorry. I guess you could share it now, I suppose. But. <laughs> We're kind of done talking about Prem. No, but I was nice to finally sit down with the man. And we talked about his experiences. He talked about the eBay years. He talked about the Pokemon years. He talked about being, uh, you know, shy, but having this keen business sense. He went on to NYU. Very interesting. There were a few things he didn't remember. One, apparently, allegedly, you assaulted him in the back room. Steve, do you know what this was about? I think it... Something happened where I guess I was chasing him around the store. I remember kicking him in the shins, but I was wearing those micro boots. Oh. <laughs> and they just collapsed. It really like, happened, huh? Yeah. I don't remember what it was I about. I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot of running around the store trying to kill each other. Right. <laughs> but wait, take me, back to, take me back to Yale. So, how, so again, we, we can't pinpoint exactly how close he got, but you might have saved his life. I don't, you probably, if it were 450, you probably wouldn't have been able to get it off the rack, in all honesty. <laughs> but if you did, if you had enough adrenaline to at least do that, you, you could have crushed yourself. So no, it was a universal. It was a free s- weight. So uh, it was a. Story to that the takes tires. away a little bit. Oh, from the story. <laughs> sorry. See, this is the kind of thing, though. I feel like when we tell this story, it's like we'll leave yeah. that part out, right? <laughs> These were free weights. Odo yeah. was going to crush himself, and Rich Roney swooped in, sa- sacrificed picked it, up, it. Yeah. picked it up, and got and it off my chest. All night. Yes. It was a great story that way. Yeah. I, Otherwise, I remember you so nice. walking away, and you were just you were oh. so disillusioned and so. That's funny because I really don't remember that night very well at all. <laughs> How much of a dilemma was it for you, Rich? Because you want you like you came, you wanted to watch the movie, but obviously he's one of your best friends. You came to visit him. How much of a dilemma was it? It was no dilemma at all. It, uh-huh. 
his safety and my concern for him was paramount. People need to recognize, though, this was a different era. It's not like you could have just paused this or watched it whenever you wanted. Like, you missed... It was decades before you finally saw this movie. <laughs> Did you like the movie? When you saw it? Parts of it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's live up to the title of this episode, My Comic Shop Future. This is the point, Bill, where mm. people expect me to say... I'm going to bring back alternate realities. That's what I think they Listen, think is going to happen. When you took out that sign... What are you Steve talking about? Spoiler. No spoilers. <laughs> Avengers Endgame. You know how it ends? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we know the edit points now. <laughs> no, that can stay in. We, we, we play with this idea in the new documentary. We'll leave it at that. But uh, this is something that I get asked. I probably get asked if I'm going to bring back the store more than you do at this point. Yeah, everybody knows I'm not going to do it. Right. So, this is not something that I have immediate plans to do. So, we'll, st we'll start with that. I don't want anyone to get their hopes up. Oh, the store's coming back. But, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I never thought about it, mm -hmm. you know? It's the sort of thing, though, that there are a lot of factors that I think would need to line up for me to even really consider it. One is, I wouldn't want to walk this road alone. Like, I don't have... At this point, I don't have the passion for comics, I think, to, like, really do it properly. So, I would need the right person. Um, and then just uh, even separate from that, like, I don't know, Bill, like if you move back to New York and you were like, Anthony, we got to do Let's this. Let's do this. I, that would make me think about it. Mm -hmm. Would you think about Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. One with of the, you though. Yes. <laughs> One of, <laughs> but like, Not with this guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, all right. So this is an interesting question. This is something that I really want to, I do want to talk about. But before we get to that, one of the things that would concern me is I wouldn't want to tarnish the legacy. Like if we did it and it failed in a year I don't know, then alternate realities has this yeah. asterisk next to it. It was Absolutely. in operation from 92 to 2015 and then for, for 2020. Yeah. You know, that would hurt me because I love this store so much, as do you. I mean, is that would that be a concern? Like what? Or would you be like, well, it's better than nothing. Like six months of AR 2.0 is better than nothing. I don't think it would fail. You know, well, all right. <laughs> would, Steve, would you have any concern would you be feel like well like don't mess it up like this is my legacy or, no, no not at all if you if you guys decided uh, we'll, we'll start the store and if you want to still call it alternate realities it's like okay i will give you everything in the warehouse it's amazing that it's all there still it's yeah. not all there i've sold a lot i've sold a lot yeah you just can't tell because there's so much yeah it's like a cup of water out of the ocean yeah pretty much i probably <laughs> yeah. sold a couple thousand different items oh, i'm sure you have so it's like uh, absolutely yeah you know, i mean I'm not trying yeah, to, but if you if you that want wasn't it, a veiled comment. I'm if sorry. you want it, if you want it, it's there. I can still supply you with a ton of stuff. And, and my only advice would be, maybe you don't want to do new comics because there's just too much stuff. Hmm. Maybe you want to specialize in older books to be the only place that carries older books. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we we helped get rid of all of Jay's stuff. So the fact that some that that stuff is out there to be acquired, you know, Ben does it all the time. Yeah. Um, Again, everybody carries the new books, and there's, the, the, the market will flood you with that. You'll drown mm -hmm. with the, all the different titles and different variants. But if you say, we just carry a run of bronze and silver, you know, the older books, um, people will come to you specifically for that because they can't go everywhere to get that. Um, you know, the vintage toys. And not necessarily, you don't have to get the stuff from the 50s and the 60s. You know, if you have 70s and 80s and 90s. I mean, 90s. That's I mean, that's, that's 30 years old already. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that is, uh, and very, you know, gracious and generous of you to, you know, to offer us that. And I think 
I mean, to your point, Bill, like, you know, there are a lot of factors, right, that go into whether or not a store, you know, succeeds. I feel like through, you know, the experience that we had at Alternate Realities, and then, you know, I've gotten to see and talk to a lot of stores, I feel like we, we would, you know, be coming at it from a position of strength. I think we would we would have you know, some insight behind what we were doing. But what I, what I want to kind of explore a little bit is what are the ingredients that would need to be present? for it to be alternate realities because jeff wong i had (laughs) (laughs) i had sandro prosperino on the show in the previous episode my comic shop present and we talked about how uh you know after ar closed we each went to a bunch of the different stores in westchester and nothing and this was not a knock on those stores but nothing really filled the void for Mm -hmm. us like nothing became part of our routines the way ar was and sandro was just like it's steve like it just always comes back to steve so I don't know, is, is it the sort of thing, if Steve's not there, is it not alternate realities? But, I think it would be very hard to do alternate realities without Steve. But what what amount of Steve? Cause this I'll is, come in on Wednesdays and sit there. You'd be with, like Jay myself. <laughs> but that's what I'm I'll saying. Entertain, I'll, I'll do an hour routine, then come back at nine and I'll do a second show. And then <laughs> you work for tips. <laughs> But that's the thing. It's like with that amount of Steve, if Steve became the new Jay Mizell, he came in once or twice a week, had lunch, held court. Is that enough? element of steve for it to be alternate realities or is it or does steve need to be the guy behind the counter always i don't i mean i don't know i want to know what you think it's hard to say i mean i don't know if you can quite capture what alternate realities was ever again um like you went said earlier this this uh this podcast that it was the right time in all of our lives at that moment and we can never go back there you know all we can do is facilitate that for a next generation of right. people and hope that they become what we became or got out of our store what we got out of Steve's store. Um, so all we can really do is provide that environment, I think. So create the environment and hope that lightning strikes twice. I feel like there's a degree of legitimacy, though, that like if you and I did it mm-hmm. and with some of the other inner circle, there's a degree of legitimacy we bring by oh, virtue absolutely. of the fact that we were part Th- of this it. Was as opposed to like, store. yeah, just somebody Take saying like, oh, I'm going to use the name. Right. So there's that. What do you think, Rich? How much Steve do we need? I definitely think you guys <laughs> cut off his arm. Just yeah. bring it. Yeah. Put it put it by the door. Yeah, just like this. <laughs> Mama finds Steve's arm. I guess we're back in the visuals. <laughs> uh, I think to your point, um, the fact that you guys are the inheritors and the legacy would just add so much validity to it. Mm-hmm. I do think Steve holding court on Wednesdays That'd would be, be that would be the sizzle to the steak. Can you eat re- roast beef sandwiches? What? what? Like, like Jake would come in <laughs> no. and eat roast beef sandwiches. No, he's got to stay true to his slot plates. I miss yeah. those slot plates, man. Yeah, but, but I don't. I can't do that anymore. But if, but if Steve you know. held court on Wednesdays, that would be the sizzle to the steak. I mean, oh, yeah. the spotlight on him. You don't even have to get him going. He's got a, an opinion on everything. Didn't they do an alternate reality stay at Aya Comics? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was pretty spend, well. Spend an afternoon with Steve Odor. Yeah. Something. How'd that go? It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Old faces showed up. And they want to do it again. And so, oh. Mark was <laughs> like, "How do I get these alternate realities people to start shopping here?" He's <laughs> like, "We'll bring an Odo for the day." Yeah. And it worked. But yeah. People came. Okay. You know, people I, love you, Steve. They sure do. <laughs> people love when you're on the show. They love it. They can't get enough. They wanted to know your middle name. And now, I, they're, now they're going to stop, stop tuning in. They're like, oh, so I don't like now that. I, now I know everything. <laughs> Listen, you joke, but I remember when you were on the season three finale. You do, did a, do you remember? <laughs> what there happened? Was a, there was a season three? <laughs> you did a little cat. So the season three finale was primarily Spider's Web. But I brought you in for a little cameo towards the end. And we talked about my journey to all these comic shops. 
and I said to you that we're not going to reveal your name, your middle name. I said, that's something we have to save for the series finale. I had some, one of my listeners reach out to me. He's like, I was so disappointed. He's like, I kept waiting for you to reveal the name and you didn't. You, it was the finale. And I wrote back. I said, listen, I said, series finale. This was a season finale. That's right. So there was, there was someone who was clamoring for that name. Dangling that carrot. You know, and now that he's finally going to hear it, it's like, that That's was fine. it. That's the end. It's fine. It's fine. But so, all right. So we, we feel like we would need Odo present to some extent, right? Obviously, it would have the name alternate realities. Do we do we modify the name or it's purely alternate realities? I would modify the AR name. AR Reborn? No, we don't no. do that. No. All right. 2.0? It would actually be like 10.0 or something. No? Well, you're, see, you're counting all the different iterations of ownership. But yeah. I feel like there's a clear line in the sand between... 92 to 2015 and anything that we would do now so there's that location wise you know that spot plenty, that plenty, spot is taken <laughs> plenty of free parking hey, it's but a steam all, school yeah i saw it uh, yesterday yeah it's an after-school learning center i loved it so but so and it always wasn't after school that's right. program yes. no for 23 years it was <laughs> <laughs> One of us has said that to him multiple times. He, re- he forgets, so he reacts the same way every time. He loves it. He can't get enough. But so, so it, it couldn't be the same location, but I think we would probably try to replicate the same type of thing, right? Like Central Avenue is a main artery, mm-hmm. parking, right? What about the aesthetic of the store? Like how much of it do we, would we need to replicate for it to feel like alternate realities? Well, we have the back issue bins, three of them at least. Yeah. But do you like get the we the shelves? Get, yeah, we have what shelves? Oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. borders, the bookshelves, the borders, bookshelves. Oh, the bookcases. Yeah, yeah we yes. can yeah. we can easily replicate certain elements of that store. I think what he's hinting at is you don't want it to be all sloppy looking. Well, no, not no, necessarily. No, I like that look. Yeah. I walk into comic shops, I look for that. I don't look yeah. for the clean comic shop. Diamond boxes all over the floor. Yeah, I the really corners. do. Mm. So there's an right. So that's kind of my question because that was part of the flavor of alternate realities. Now, yeah. do I think there need to be as many boxes that say "Don't touch, dumbass"? <laughs> Probably <laughs> the, not. The best is when you would open them up and there was a secondary sign <laughs> in there. Yeah. So like, <laughs> this means you, this dumbass. Means you. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to get in here. You know, because I knew the customers so well. <laughs> You know, and see, and, you know, for the record, Steve, I don't want you to feel like, you know, as we talk about this, it's like, oh, like they would do it so differently than I did. There, there was so much that you did, you know, you cultivated this. Don't, no, don't do it differently than I did. No. You got to be successful. Don't worry about trying to keep the museum going. No, I know. You know? No, all right, I'll, I'll get to that part. <laughs> so, no, but the thing is, you know, you, you carried a diverse line of products. You met the customer's needs in terms of pulling their books. With, you know, occasionally something would be missed, but you, for the most part, you, you, you know, you did a great job with that. You cultivated these relationships with people without trying. And that, I think, really says a lot. And this is not to put down any, any other store, but stores are very conscious about doing that. You just, it just happened and it was natural. And that's, that says a lot about you as a person. So things like that, I think, are absolutely worth replicating the things that i and i maybe bill too would maybe do differently you know again the product turnover flipping things mm-hmm. faster putting collections out in a, a quicker sounds things like, like what that. ben does ben, yes. yeah, ben, ben from zap that's what yeah, he does right. and that's why he's successful you know exactly right. and i think too you know you got to the point where you know this is something i've seen at other stores and there is there is value in this in reading the material and being able to speak about it and i know you got to the point it was a function of time and you know i think lack of interest probably towards the end where you weren't able to do that and that's why I think even if it's not you and me personally, right. but you bring in a Sean Hendricks, who steal him from Fat Moose. He'll, we could get him. Um, 
you bring him in, right? And all of a sudden, he's reading everything. He's yeah. making those connections with people. So I think it'd so be Brandon, like... So yeah. Brandon, former owner, used to encourage that. So he, he would, would give you the comics He would to give read. us the books for free as long as we would talk to the customers about them. Right. And that was part of, you know, how we sold the, the books. So those are, I think, some of the things mm-hmm. that could be done to just sort of like supercharge right. what, what AR was. We'd have a podcasting space studio space it'd be amazing we'd record episodes oh, we'd bring in creators so cool. it'd be ugh, it'd be great we'd love it have store signings yeah we wouldn't turn them away the ethan van skyver yeah you know well, I, I, was I, a good, I can't i can't in hindsight you right. did the right thing you did the right thing i have to, uh, I have yeah. to yeah okay yeah you but, did the right thing i have to amend because in the past i was like how do you turn this guy away yeah free con like this not for comic book day wednesday it was a wednesday just before thanksgiving yeah. And he was like, you did Green Lantern Rebirth. Like, how do you turn this guy away? As we've come to see, <laughs> I think you made the right call. So good, good job. <laughs> yeah. But I think those are some of the things, right? So the podcasting space is something. What would you want? Like, what would you be like? We got to have this in there. Well, I didn't even think about the podcasting space. That was incredible. You know, I used to run the magic tournaments. I think having that alive and well, because magic is still huge, um, to have some dedicated space for the gaming. Would and that's we something yeah. we never really did. We tried to explore it under Brandon when he brought in those guys from Connecticut. Uh, they were going to do the games workshop stuff, but then that really didn't take off. And then Drew tried to do the hero clicks and that didn't really take off. But I still think that there's something there uh, to be explored that needs to be explored. I think just basic Friday night magic. Yeah. It's still strong. Well, certainly and Certainly that needs to happen. But you need to Could you stop doing that? It became... It was difficult. I know. It was hard because we really didn't have a great magic mm-hmm. judge right. anymore. And uh, it was just run by itself. So it's basically letting the inmates run it. Yeah. Um... I think, uh, you know, without Z, who has his own place now, upstate. Um, How's Z doing? He got married. Oh, yeah? Good for him. Yeah, yeah. Mazel tov. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, was a good, I mean that sincerely. I don't remember who he was, but I wish him well. <laughs> oh, he's a good kid. <laughs> would, we do, would we do pops? Would we do conventions? I don't like those pops. All right, so here's what I would I do. I know you love... I've been looking at pops all over this apartment. We partner with Undiscovered Realm. They love the pops. We, we partner with Chris Wilcock and the Undiscovered you Realm operation. split cases? We'll do something where they handle the pops and they're our convention arm mm-hmm. and they're spreading the brand yeah, across that's something, the country. Steve, that wish, you know, in hindsight, you, when you had the comic shop, you could have owned that market, the convention market that's, that Chris Wilcox does, you know, doing the alternate realities con every Sunday or once a month or something, you know, something we never thought about at that time. No, I think, uh, who is it? Uh, Somebody Brand- did Brandon it. wanted to do conventions or something. Or right. Maybe it was metal. But I think it's, it's one thing to think, gee, wouldn't it be great to have our own convention? I think it's another thing to look at the practical. Oh, logistically. No, not to have our own, but to go to conventions. Yeah, well, we it's could have had our own. It's, I mean, a right. lot, it. it's an incredible amount of work. I mean, I always feel bad for Chris because, uh, what does he do? He does like 35 shows a year. Right. That's why I'm he's not saying we would do road. it. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm not saying we would. Yeah, it's, it's a very tough thing to do shows. Even just to be a, an exhibitor at a show because you take into account how much it costs to rent the table, to rent the truck, to pack up and get it all prepared a week before you load up the truck, to go down there, pay for parking, the logistics of trying to get into the convention center, whether you're dealing with unions or non-unions. Um, yeah, Madison Square Garden much, was always a nightmare to get you in. You know, how much stuff you have to man that table all the time, so it means you have to have a crew there that you're going to feed as well as house if you have, mm-hmm. you're going to stay overnight. You've got to worry about all the shoplifting, which is incredible. I mean, things are getting stolen all the time. You hear about it after the show. Um, then to, to get that stuff back, when you run out of material, I mean, we're close enough that we could run back to the store, get more stuff, and bring it back to the, sh- to the show. You and your dad used to come down with a, a station car wagons. Station well, wagon you know, full of stuff. And, and then... 
you stay till the very end on the Sunday night after working three days in a row mm -hmm. for 10, 12 hours, uh, load the stuff, come back to, to here just to unload the car, and next, next thing you know, it's midnight, and you have to open the store the next morning, first thing. Bill, it was exhausting. Bill, it was, Anthony, I, you guys better have a strong business case to overcome this. I mean, yeah, again, it's I great. I don't feel like we're arguing with him. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's, it's great to say, let's do a show, and you come back and say, yeah. hey, you know, I mean, because I remember doing a show, and Brandon would come back and say, we made $5,000. We yeah. But it's like, yeah, but that stuff cost us $3,000 wholesale. It cost us $1,000 to do this show. Yeah, but we freed up the money. That's, that's all it was. It was freeing up the money and the space, too. And so instead of doing it to, to, to blow it out to free up the money, I think the key to being successful is to order properly in the first place, mm -hmm. not order 50 cases of McFarland Austin Powers Series 2. Toys. Well, that was when he was that trying to do explore stuff. the internet. Yeah, the internet when, to try to do wholesaling, make yeah. $5 on a case. But you put a lot of money out. Well, because he saw what Fish was doing. But we're not Fish. Yeah. And Fish only picked up a phone and says, hey, somebody wants this, you want a truckload of women's stockings? Yeah. And the guy would say, sure. And then he'd call the guy and say, okay, I'll take it, but just mail it to this place. And that'd be it. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole different way of doing business. Right. And I don't think we were qualified to do that, and I don't think we had the manpower. We had the enthusiasm, but I don't think we had the knowledge or the, um, the common sense to do it. Right. No, I'm not criticizing the decision uh, no, not to I'm do it. I'm just saying we yeah. take someone who already has the mechanism for this, and we work with them. When Steve was going just now, Rich, this was—I I was surprised you weren't doing your uh, your, your little camera projector <laughs> no, thing. No, I, I was—I'm trying to stay away from the visuals because I want to make sure the right. listeners can follow. But you, this—we we can describe it at least, right? There have been moments where Steve goes on a rant like that, and what do you do? I, I just goo my cuckoo for crate. Uh, oh, but I thought crazy. it was like you're like you're running the. Oh no, that was no? Drew's thing. When when oh. he would have his own show, we used to maintain. Steve should have his own TV show or podcast. You wouldn't even need guests. <laughs> Just Odo rants. Just, just get him on can a topic. I, oh, can I ask you another thing, Rich? There have been a lot of times over the years where, like, someone will mention Brandon, and you'll go, Brandon Montclair, and you'll go, dee -dee 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 -dee. what is that? He used to do, like, literally, he used <laughs> to do, like, that. What's what do you do? Yeah. Dee -dee 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 -dee. He would do this with his finger, too. Like yes. circus music? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> he used it's to like, do that. It's like the uh, the little monkey with the grinder or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like an organ grinder. What else? So in alternate realities 2.0, hypothetically, what, Rich, what would you want to see there? Either in terms of the way we run it or a specific feature in the store. Well, Rich, you've always been back issues. Steve, you, you just mentioned that we should do the back issues. I think that's a great idea, uh, especially given light in the documentary that you just came out with. A lot of, I don't mm -hmm. want to give away secrets, but... A lot of people shared the same uh, feelings that we shared at the end of Alternate Realities about new books and, and, how, and the ordering process and whatnot. Um, you need a hook. You need a hook. And I think that's something, you see that in the movie, and that's something that I've, right. I've seen a lot. I think if you're relying just on the new books, it's very challenging. So I think you see these stores, they specialize in the vintage books, or Funko Pops, or events, creator signings, right. or they do conventions. Like, there's got to be something to, like, you know, kind of mm -hmm. amp it up a little bit. You need a balance. I'm not, I'm not saying right. don't carry new books, but don't order 50 copies of something that you, you know just you're, have only, your you're only going to sell eight get copies. Books for them, you yeah. know. Yeah. And if you do end up, say, ordering a lot of Marvel apes or something that nobody wants, did you find that case? No, it's still somewhere. One day it's going gonna, gonna to pop up. and It's going to be a fortune. But I hope so. But <laughs> yeah. but you know, when you only sell five out of fifty, then you may as if if you have the, the the way to get rid of that forty five extras right away instead of holding on to it like I do, mm -hmm. then you know don't become a hoarder. Uh, then you can st I think then you'll be able to survive in today's market. Right. You know maybe you want to keep one or two for the 
for the person who has the foresight to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a packaging. <laughs> but Rich, is there anything like a, ch- a reading chair? Would you like that? So you don't have to sit in the back room, <laughs> avoiding the uh, I remember rodent that. droppings. Oh my gosh, I just got a flashback of just you sitting on the back computer chair reading comics on like a Saturday. What you, this is a hypothetical wish list. Don't be shy. It's all right. What, you, <laughs> what would you like? What would you want to see in, in AR 2.0? Sincerely, everything you guys have covered has impressed me. I think your point about diversifying and making it more than just mm-hmm. one thing, having a hook, doing, you know, doing a varied presentation back issues new books events magic uh signings but hitting all those things uh, but i do think you need new books as the lure to get things in well, new books are like the, the bread and butter yeah i, I mean, mean it's, it's in, not exciting but it's like having the news, newspaper come in every day you know so sure. you have to have it but again you have to be very good about ordering mm-hmm. it's necessary but not sufficient yeah you don't to, for a yeah, successful right. business and uh like your brother bill his is was very into buying all the variants mm-hmm. and he would buy high grade variants and he'd sell them for a ridiculous amount of money right but i i, I look at the variants as another flash in the pan type of thing oh i like, agree like uh what's it well, like furbies were or pogs or pops well no pops i think has has its uh, i'm waiting for the crash of this it's just really? i don't know they never appeal to me maybe that's why yeah i don't know i i see it's a it's one of those things where you, you buy one pop yeah, one character that you really like Next thing you know, it's like, well, let me just get this other character. I don't have to have all the Doctor Whos, but I like Missy. I think Chris mm-hmm. has so made a like, good case for them and the, the the breadth of licenses that they have. Like, it's right. not just it's kind of impressive. like one thing. It's yeah. like anything, any property that you like, there's I'm, a pop. I'm going to come out and admit right now, I bought my first pop not too long ago. <laughs> I was at Target and they had Audrey 2. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And I, t- and I bought it I was sitting on my shelf, you know, from Little Shop of Horrors, the little... The plant? Venus flytrap, yeah. <laughs> It's great. It yeah, happens to be great. Because well, it doesn't have that. those pop eyes, you know? Yeah, well, no. The, but there's something for everybody. Right. It's like, true. I would never buy a, a plant. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> you know? Do you have it next to your Dr. Doom? No. I don't. Oh. I have it on a different show. I love that Dr. Doom. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Bill, how would we handle free comic book day? Because I think that's one instance where freeloader day we need to it needs to, to it, be right? you I, did yeah I, no i have no I, i'm the only one who well no the thing is okay i'm gonna people go would come rant. in and they would be like are all the books free <laughs> they don't realize we have to pay for this stuff they don't just send it to us for free right <laughs> no. that's part of the rant I, I was never i was never ashamed to call did you it. see what that variant uh, where the free comic book <laughs> variant of umbrella academy number one goes for no it's like a 400 dollars book really do you have any no you should look okay okay <laughs> you might you might have them and i might i mean how, how long ago did that it come was out? A, i don't know many years ago oh then maybe i do have it yeah but i would want uh, to honor steve and ar 1.0 by by kind of treating it like freeloader day don't yeah? you think i would scream at people i don't <laughs> here's the thing right you have two three thousand comic shops in the country they do free comic book day the they free do comic it right. book day we way. should do it the no. right way no no you think? i don't know we no. should do our own thing I, I i think you're under the impression that everybody participates of the well, that's true what what is it now there's less than three thousand comic book shops right. in the country i mean there used to be 4500 stores or better but i think there's less than three thousand of which let's say half of them really don't participate so maybe 1200 1500 stores actually get involved with free comic book day and they do it in different degrees. Some will just have, maybe they'll order six, the Marvel, the DC, maybe a couple of other independent free comic book piles to give out. Others make a big deal about it and have guests come in and have 100 people lined up before they open. Does Lord Retail do that? These have guests? Lord, they have. Yeah. 
they have people lined up because Shelton like the has, night before. Well, Shelton has at, at Heroes uh, has all these guests come and yeah. they make a huge day out of it. Yeah, it's a huge thing. Yeah. So I mean, it depends how what you want to do with it. But I also think that uh, it it will it will burn you out mm. after a while. I mean, uh, I visited uh, Joker's Child the other day. How's Lenny? He's burnt out. Yeah, you can tell. You know, his health is very bad. They still have like a team of uh, employees. He's got he's got his team, but they're not as good as they used to be. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the they're still there, but um, you can tell things have changed there. We can talk about it in private. Yeah, I mean that's it's yeah. not an easy road for sure. Mm-hmm. But what's up, Rich? I was going to ask. You went to Fat Moose Fat Moose yesterday. Was that your first visit? First time. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I I got another one of those uh, comic book racks, racks, right? Yeah. So and when you, you guys reopen the store. When you open the restore, you'll have you'll have two spinner racks. That's awesome. Nice. Sean Hendricks was very excited that you went there. It was an alternate realities Fat Moose crossover. <laughs> that's super. I saw the pictures today on Facebook. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I know. So you were like, "Oh, thanks for whatever." He's like, "Or he's like, thanks for whatever," and you were like, "Thanks for the packing paper." He's <laughs> sa- he still me- collecting this stuff. No, he saved me. A, you know, because he knows that I put great value in packing paper because every store throws it away. Right. So I, he actually yeah. folded the stuff it, up, put it into a box that had SCO on it. Oh, so that's awesome. It's like, oh, this is this is as good as. A comic book spinner because I go through so much of it now. Right, you know, and uh, and you know, again, uh, thank you to Spider's Web, thank you to all yeah, all these guys put their packing paper in the bubble wrap and the cardboard boxes aside for me. Yeah, and that uh, I, I go through a ton of stuff for, to mail this stuff up on eBay. My my biggest wish is when you guys open the store AR two point zero that Steve blasts the first customer that comes in and goes, well, I guess this just shows daddy doesn't love you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Steve, great... as you said to the last customer at AR1.0. Daddy doesn't love you. <laughs> you bring everything full circle. Yeah. But on the packing materials, I can't tell you how many times we've gotten a shipment from Amazon or something, and I've said to Steph, I'm like, this is a great box. I... <laughs> And she's like, what is with you in the boxes? I'm like, it's a great box. Like, you, like it's it, whatever. It's an unusual size or shape, whatever. And I'm like, this is a great box. Keep you that do that box. too? I do that too at work. I have, I have, uh, uh, I just got a garage <laughs> for my apartment and I have packing peanuts. Like you would not believe in that garage because we get a lot of deliveries at work and I steal every, because they, they throw it out and I grab it. Like, this is worth its weight in gold. Hold on to it. Really, hold on I to do. it. I do. You're gonna when you start selling more stuff on yeah, eBay, you'll be always, glad you have, I, and you're gonna run out. And then you're gonna be upset. It's very expensive. Yeah, we have to go buy it. Very, I mean, if you have Amazon boxes, hold on to it and just let me Steve know. I'll come, I will come okay. by and pick all it right, up. All right, all right, listeners out there. All right, Steve, all right, all right. Said, <laughs> Steve, your empty sit boxes. Down, sit down. It's okay, I will. So, if we were to ever bring back alternate realities, I think I think there are ways to do it to make it. Yeah viable to honor what came before but also to move into a new a new direction for a new generation yeah i don't know i think there is a set of circumstances that if they came together i would entertain it i would certainly entertain it one thing that i i maybe more immediately that i actually would be kind of interested in i've had this idea recently you know when you go to new york comic-con i'm not saying i would do this at new york (laughs) comic-con but you go to new york comic-con midtown comics right it, they basically recreate their store on the floor. I would love, like Undiscovered Realm Comic Con at the Westchester County Center Chris's show, if we got the largest booth space available and did like a mini recreation, like an AR pop-up oh shop at a convention. How freaking cool would that be? I will fly across the country. You tell me anytime, anywhere. I'll be there. How awesome would that Like we wouldn't have all the back issue bins, but you have one bin and maybe like one, one bookcase. Showcase. We recreate a little register air. And, like we oh make it look gosh. as close to AR as we could. And have Steve stand adjacent to the register. Could we have Jay Mizell eating a sandwich on the table? Right? Yeah. Fold out table. <laughs> time time has stood still. 
How cool would that I be? I love it. Can we have That's, the wall of the like the comic book wall? We could have whatever we want. I and we have the merchandise. And well, and that's the thing. It's not just for fun. We'll actually sell some stuff. Uh-oh. You think? <laughs> well, we'll do our best. Remember the last show we did? Yeah, at, at, the, at county the county center? center, not URCon, but I remember. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we set we set up very nicely the the a, a great variety of back issues. I mean, it was like a run of Walking Dead when Walking Dead was big. Oh yeah, I had a Hulk 181 there, didn't I? I think a really Maybe. nice copy. Had all back issue bin, uh, back issue boxes out there, toys, statues, all kinds of stuff. Really, at it's discounted prices, and we it was terrible for us. I had a lot of people come up and just chat with us because it's like, well, you know, there are our customers anyway. Mm-hmm. But you have all these strangers like says, "Oh, that's a great book. I wish I could get that book," but nobody has money, so it's like it wasn't a, it wasn't a money maker. So I think you've got to go into the show with more of an attitude of let's not let's have a, a, a great reunion show. But really, to, we have to make money at this. And I think that's why, why Chris is successful at doing these things. He's not there to make it look like Undiscovered Realm, even though it does, because it's nothing but a wall of pops. But, but he's there to like push the product and get it out there. But I'm saying one could feed the other. And I feel like there are a lot of former AR customers. Of course, you'd have to reach them. But if they knew that we were doing something like this, I feel like there's an opportunity there. So I agree. I'm not saying like, oh, we should pay for this booth space like just to have a fun day. We would also be there to sell stuff. But I think there could be a, an, a hook of AR's back for a day. You can have the old customers just in this space talking like they would normally talk on a Saturday, just hanging out. We could do that at the store. You don't have to do it at a show and set it all up. And, and, and We should go to that Steam Center and just do it there. Just yeah. walk in. We'll just walk in. We'll Tell be like, just, just you have the day off. Like just, uh, yeah. <laughs> we need this space. Well, the massage parlor is still open right oh, next door. No, what is that? that? Is it? The yeah. massage parlor is gone, and uh, the Joy's uh, hair. Yeah, so those gone. spots are still vacant. Yeah, so we could just move right next right. door. That'd be great. Six, what is it six ninety nine? We have a, we have a, we have a sign no. that'll fit exactly in that yeah. sign space. <laughs> There's so much opportunity here. But what do you think about the convention thing? I that's more it. doable. I think that's a great idea. I would die if that were to happen. I, I just see that as uh, the, the last show we ever did, and that's that's what that, that's what we kill. The, the re- Odo's always been very much a contrarian. I think we've all. Not a contrarian. I, I'm a realist. I think let's let's flip this. There's no way this would work. There's this would never. I'll make work. it work. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Steve, what have we said for years? How do you get Steve to do something? You get a pretty girl to say it. Steve is ready and willing to do it. Yeah. And our second thing is, how do you get Steve to do something? You tell him he can't. Yeah. Steve, Heroes World, not a big deal. It wasn't a big deal when that store opened or when it closed. Not a big... Nobody cared, right? Did nobody talk? I knew cared. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it doesn't always work. <laughs> no. Did you, you talk you, about you, in that episode when that girl sold the, uh, the yeah. FF1 for 400 bucks? Yeah, we told that story. $500, yeah. yeah. For $5. $5, that's yeah. what it was, yeah. The price tag had faded. So she didn't they'll see it. It's 500 She thought it was five. Uh, um, did you get a message from Kevin? Oh, I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah. Yes, he reached out to you as well. Yeah, he just said, you know, there was a second location that yeah. you weren't familiar with. So he, so Kevin Halstead, he made a little cameo uh, appearance <laughs> in the season premiere. I did a remote recording with him. Mm-hmm. And then the full conversation was the Patreon bonus episode the week later. But uh, after the premiere went up, he sent me, <laughs> very nice, but he sent me a long Facebook message of like everything we got wrong in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and the heart of it, the heart of it, it really all came from the fact that there were two heroes world had an original location and then they moved across the hall in the galleria and you uh, you knew that they had two locations but 
we thought we were talking about the same one and yeah. the whole time I, you were talking, I was about, talking the first about the first one. one and even i mentioned i was like oh yeah i knew this guy there raul and you were like oh yeah, that's the guy who fell asleep drunk at the at the counter and that was not the same person right. but i said to kevin i was like you know what <laughs> i said first of all you know obviously kevin has the first-hand experience he knows most people don't so they wouldn't necessarily even know and second i think it was pretty clear that neither one of us had the firmest grasp of the history of the place so even if someone was like that sounds a little off i think they would chalk it up to 30 years having gone by well, so but yeah, but the second location yeah. i don't think i had much contact with you probably didn't because uh, by that time what, what is that that's late 80s well, yeah, I mean, by the time I went there yeah, in 92, yeah. so yeah. certainly by then, but, you know, at least a couple of years yeah, before. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I even shopped at that point, because I was living in Chappaqua at that point. Right. I was shopping with Gene. Look, we had such a great conversation <laughs> about this story. We're talking uh, about two different never stores. <laughs> so good. <sighs> yes, but he did, he did reach uh, out. Okay. So he reached out to you as well. I just, he just mentioned it to me, and uh, gave me a quick rundown of his, what he had been doing between points, because I had forgotten that he worked for... Uh, Heroes World Distribution. Yes. So I, I don't know if you knew about that. I did. Yeah, and we talked oh, about that in uh, in his episode. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, well, and people still love the episode. We got almost all the details wrong, but no. We, <laughs> <laughs> again, it was mostly just that we were we were talking about two separate locations and didn't didn't really realize that. Hmm. So, any other hopes or, or anything for what the future of AR could potentially be? I don't know. I would love to have some kind of. Uh, like an artist corner or like an artist uh, area. No, Wouldn't that be great? What? No, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tell, tell me more. Okay. There we go. The contrarian. <laughs> you can't have a sofa for Rich to sit in. I mean, that, that, that space is too valuable. You have to have nothing but stuff you're going to sell. Sorry, Rich. My, my problem, of course, was that I used Hit a lot. Hit the road, of, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasted a lot of store space by just piling up unopened boxes. You know, I mean, I, I put them under tables that had stuff on it for sale. But sometimes the stuff on the tables were stuff or not for sale you either. Had stuff blocking showcases yeah. that had merchandise in them. <laughs> so that, that's a mistake on my part. Um, it, it, it can't be, I mean, as much of a clubhouse as it is, it's got to be limited to, um, how can I say it? Um, I've already forgotten what you're saying. Well, an artist. An artist. <laughs> an artist. It's, not, it's not a convention for an artist alley. Yeah. With, you, know, you don't want a, a drafting table in the back for some artist to come and sit there and everybody stands around and watch. But I, yeah. I think, with, I think that, that's a draw. Comics, no? They it's, have that, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, has that. Or yeah. they used to have they that. They don't have that. Well, that room they, is an arcade room Yeah, now. Yeah, because oh, it, changed it, it. It, was, it was a waste of space and yeah. money to have a table there because people are going to stand there looking through the glass like you're a zoo animal as you're drawing. Well, um, I, uh, I have seen it work a couple of times um, at Dewey's and uh, at other places. Oh, in. Dewey's. Hey, let's reveal another secret. I don't, mean to, I don't mean to cut you off, but that reminds me. Earlier in season three, people always ask me about this. I told a story about how one of the shops that I featured that season was very angry with me because I combined their recording with another recording. And because, you know, not every store got its own episode by itself. And it, it, was, it was Dewey's. Dewey's yeah. And I'm comfortable sharing that now because Dewey's is under new management. Yes. And from what I hear, he's you know, a great guy. And, he, you know, he's he's an artist. He went to the Cooper School. But the original owner who was on yeah. the show, he was not pleased. That was the store. A lot of people thought it was one of the Palm Desert stores. It was not them. They were no. great. Anyway, good, but, we wish the new Dewey's owner lots of luck. Well, the new Dewey's owner last summer um, brought in Lee Weeks, who was a graduate of the Cooper School. And I do think... He was drawing sketches, but he was doing signings, and people were buying stuff in the store just so he could sign it. So I think um, 
a judicious use. Oh, no. I'm, I'm not saying don't do signings. I was against signings because we never had much of a draw with it. But, I mean, if you do it right, obviously it works. I'm saying do not dedicate a drafting table that's just going to sit there empty and collecting dust three weeks out of the month. Wait, is that what you because, meant, Bill? Well, I mean, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's like you don't need to do that. When you have the signing, you get the stuff off the table. You get your pops off the table. You set a chair down there. And a, and, a, and a mug of water or mm-hmm. something like that so the guy can sit and he can he can sell stuff, talk to the fans and, and, and that type of thing. Just do the events, but don't have a blank corner for, this is the event corner for the once every other month that you'd have to do something. What about a big mural area that people, like local artists can come in, do something Just for on the wall? Stuff. Like yeah. Challengers well, Comics has behind their counter. They don't, in Chicago, they don't have like old books hanging on the wall. They have a board that people draw on. Well, again, it's That'd a nice cool. draw, but I don't, I think it's better to have something that you're going to sell. Like the the whole idea is you got to make rent, you got to pay these sure. diamond bills. All these guys that go out of business can't make enough money. It's not that they're having a, not a, having a great time, but but it's it's a business. Oh, absolutely. You know. And again, we were lucky that we happened to be in a time where we actually did very well. We were lucky, you know, Anthony yeah. and I and Rich too, in that we got to experience the fun, and not any of that. No. But I mean, we appreciate I, you for bearing I, that burden yeah. for us. My, my my fear for you guys is if you do this, and I I back you all the way, and I'll I'll, I'll run the store on Sundays and chase everybody out if you want. But <laughs> they, they might but not you want. Oh, <laughs> they only they come in on Sundays. <laughs> but <laughs> they might want your endorsement and your name, and that's yeah. it. Closed on Sundays, but Steve will be here in case you want to be abused. <laughs> but There's uh, a sign on the door. Hey, read this. <laughs> People knocking at the it door. It better be an emergency. <laughs> No, no, the sign said, do not knock on this glass unless you're bleeding right. and need me to call 911. Um, but uh, no, the, the, I, I guess the concern is that, you know, you, you want it to, to be what, you know, the, the atmosphere of altering realities. But I look at it now and think, I see too many stores who are struggling. Oh, absolutely. And uh, even the stores that used to be successful are struggling. So it's not that they're doing anything differently from what they did 10 to 15 years ago. It's just that the market has changed and you have to change with it. And if you don't like pops, it's too bad. You still have to carry some pops. I didn't like carrying pogs. I thought it was a scam for us to be selling little round pieces of cardboard for 10 cents a piece. Mm -hmm. But we made $100 in the first hour on a Saturday morning. We didn't sell a single comic book. We made $100 selling round pieces of cardboard. It's incredible. And... Uh, it's it's like uh, what's that other thing that people put money into that beanie baby right well I think we got Rich you got something no my biggest question is when you guys start your new endeavor will you create new signs or do you still have the old signs that go don't touch and then when they open it up I told you not to touch this I still have some of the signs if you need I still have a new (laughs) I have a new sign at at home no but you know Steve you know your your points are well taken it's funny I feel like there's we have a little bit of a disconnect here because I think Bill and I are very much in agreement like we would view it as a business Mm -hmm. and I think some of the frustrations that maybe we had in the past were that we wanted you to look at it more that way. Like there were collections you would buy and you would hold on to them because you like knowing you had them. So like, I think we're the very Batman much collection is a great example of that. Yeah. Like I think we're very much on the same page. Like, no, we, we want to turn yeah. product over. We want to make money. I think though what we're focusing because it's, we're reminiscing and we're talking about the feel of it. Yes. There are certain elements we want to inject it with from what we remember as, as kids and, and high schoolers and college students. But right. no, ultimately, I mean, yeah, the purpose would be to make money. It's not like, and even with the pop-up convention thing, it's not like, Oh, like, like, we just, just want to have a fun day. It's yeah. like, no, we want to like clear out the warehouse. So yeah. I agree. Oh, no. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. 
I have a lot of thoughts in my head, but I can't figure out which one to pull out right now. So okay. But this has been a lot of fun to uh, to sort of speculate about we, what we might do. And no one really knows what the future will bring. So Absolutely. I would love to uh, talk about that further one day. Yeah. Well, we might have that conversation at some point, And it'd oh, be a fun one to have. If I could just... Uh, if you do this, do this. Yeah, you got to get your brother. Oh, he's very business savvy. Yeah, because with the, CGC books, what, CGC books and Golden Age books, and mm. he really follows the market. Oh, he knows it like so, the back of his hand. I mean, you know, you might have a terrible week, and he will sell enough to like cover your week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, with, with the a, things with, he does is yeah. incredible to just to hear about. Yeah. So that you you want that's but that's another aspect of the store oh, that we didn't do that you absolutely. take advantage or if like you. But that you, wasn't a thing when we were doing the store. Like I know CGC books the it, way that they're flipping it and trading it like stocks yeah. that wasn't a thing right it but, is it, now. but it's a nice supplement and mm-hmm. if, you, if you have a, a niche into that you take advantage of it um and again even if you don't like certain things but you say well everybody wants to get a skateboard or whatever it is that's going to be the hot thing for 2025 you know you, you, you carry it and then you stop carrying it when nobody wants it anymore but that's a good point and i think the, these are lessons that i didn't learn right that's why that's why you if you're going to do it to be successful you're going to have to and I think, though, to that point, surrounding yourself with the right people is is really important. And, you know, by the end of the store, I mean, you were, you were shouldering this mostly by yourself. And I think it's hard to cover everything. Like, I look at a lot of these stores and you have, you know, like at Acme Comics, you have Lord Retail. He does the ordering and he reads everything. But, you know, they have a great staff there who they do the newsletter and they do all this other stuff and social media. You know, Zap is a great example of this. Ben's all over the place buying collections. Corey, and you have Corey running Corey the day-to-day the of the store. Media. So I think bringing in the right people mm-hmm. with the right interest and the right expertise is a, is a really key piece of this. So mm-hmm. again, a lot of ingredients, and we know it certainly wouldn't be easy, but it's something that, again, that might be a conversation to have at some point. My comic shop future. I like it. I love it. We've now come to this point. I would like to give, is there anything else that any, any of you would like to say before I offer my parting words? I don't want to end. It's never the end. end. It's okay. never the end, Bill. Well, that's good. Even though it's the finale, it's never the end. People know that by now, I well, think. Well, I look forward to seeing whatever you do in the future, that's for sure, and I wish you luck on that. Um, and any help that I can give or any role that I can play, just let me know. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm almost, even though I don't have much of an eye because I can't see very well anymore, I'd be happy to run the camera for you if you do the whole uh, I don't know. Thing. You think you could be a cameraman? No, I can't see. <laughs> well, I want to say. I, I just pointed <laughs> in the direction of the sound. <laughs> so it's like everybody's nauseous because you just go back and forth. Actually, Steve's going to be your public relations manager. Oh. What are you, crazy? My goodness. Well, thank you all. And if you'll indulge me, some, uh, some closing remarks here. Thus endeth the alternate reality saga, and with it, this era of my comic shop history. By the time this episode airs, I will be a father. I don't know if my son will become a comic book fan. It's okay if he doesn't. But one day, I will take him to 700 Central Park Avenue. Perhaps it'll still be an after-school learning center then, perhaps not. Before it was alternate realities, it used to be a piano store. Maybe one of the kids or parents at the center will ask what it was, and someone will say, I think it was a comic book store. If they only knew. One day, I'll be in that parking lot with Milo, and I'll tell him, this was a very special place, my son. It's where your old man grew up, made the best friends, and found his voice. It's where I learned how to spot a good cardboard box and to always keep backups. It's also where I learned that if there's something you want in this world, you must take action and never hesitate because hesitation kills. Part of the journey is the end, but when the time is right, when there is new history to make and new stories to tell, I will return. Until then, my friends, 
Don't be a flat squirrel. Death won't stop me. I'll 